baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. He's in an uphill fight for the Republican nomination for Illinois Attorney General. His high-profile opponent has the party's backing and resources. But Gary Grasso says he's the one with the experience, determination, and conservative ideas to win. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. Yes, it is another weekend featuring candidates for attorney general and no surprise because there are eight Democrats and two Republicans running in their respective primaries for the post that will be vacated by incumbent Lisa Madigan at the end of her current term. She's had four terms. Uh, Early in our series, we talked with Erica Harrell, the Republican attorney from Champaign, who is a former Miss America and has the endorsement of the Illinois Republican Party. This weekend, it's a half hour with her opponent, West Suburban lawyer Gary Grasso. Mr. Grasso has been a litigator for about four decades. He has his own law firm in Hinsdale, and he was the mayor of Burr Ridge from 2005 to 2012. He is currently a DuPage County board member. He and his wife have six grown children, and they have three grandchildren. Gary Grasso, welcome. Well, thank you, Craig. Good morning to you. (laughs) Good morning. Um, Well... I'm afraid I have to start with a story that was making headlines at the end of the week. And as we were uh, recording this, it's allegations, and and it touches this race, allegations surfaced that Burt Minor, who's running for the Illinois House, used a slur for lesbians and the N-word, euphemistically, uh, in in a conversation last fall with your opponent, Erica Harold, who, uh, for people who may not uh, know this, is African-American, uh, she complained about it to minor and Republican officials then. House floor leader Peter Breen sent out a letter this week demanding that uh, minor drop out of the race for the seat that Jeannie Ives is giving up to run for governor. Just about every other party official who's been quoted is joining the call. Um, first off, uh, Gary Grasso, do you know Burt Minor and what do you make of these reported remarks and him? Well, uh, let's be clear about this. Uh, There is no place at no time, whether it was last October or even yesterday, there's no place, no time in our society and certainly not in our politics for these kinds of comments, Craig. Um, You know, as you know, my litigation partner is African-American. I apologize as a DuPage Republican uh, to uh, Erica Harold for these comments I was glad to hear her comments yesterday uh, when she said she didn't want it to impact our uh, race for the attorney general and that she wanted to get back to the issues, which um, which I do also and want to get back to the fact that this and our race is about qualifications and credentials and experience. Um, Do you believe he should drop out of the race? If this is true, he certainly should drop out of the race. Okay. And, uh, this is probably uh, one of the few areas that we'll talk about where you and Erica Harold agree. Uh, well, so, I think uh, actually, it's not, there, are some th- th- there are several others. I believe others. Uh, I'm not the first one to, to agree on this issue. I think others also 
have called for Mr. Minor uh, to... No, but I mean, you and uh, you and Erica Harold uh, ag- agree on a few of the issues <clears throat> on the campaign, oh, but not sure. not all that many. Yeah. So we're 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 touching on an area of agreement between the two of you. Thank you. Before we go into the other things, and uh, let's start talking about some of those other things. Uh, you are running a radio spot right now that highlights you as the conservative choice uh, for Illinois Attorney General. You call Erica Harold a liberal. Why are these things so important in a contest for the state's top legal office? Well, part of it is your philosophy. Uh, Part of it is uh, what are you going to bring to the office? I think that's important. People want to know that. Just as you uh, introduced part of my background, my qualifications, my family situation, people want to know your points of view. Uh, So specifically, for example, on uh, taxpayer uh, funding of abortions, uh, I would think that even pro-choice people um, understand that maybe the taxpayers shouldn't be paying for abortions. Uh, and I am opposed to what is HB 40. Uh, uh, Erica uh, said she's going to defend it. So we differ there, and, and, and that is certainly a, a conservative versus liberal issue. Uh, on the sanctuary city, sanctuary state issues, um, I've taken a position that I don't believe that uh, that is a proper uh, uh, position for the state of Illinois as part of it. Being the attorney general, I would uh, try to advocate a change in that. Miss uh, uh, Ms. Harold has uh, said that she would um, also support that. Uh, when it came to um, some of the right to life issues, uh, I sat and filled out all the questionnaires. Uh, my opponent uh, has not filled out any of those questionnaires. So these are some bright lines uh, when it comes down to conservative versus uh, liberal politics uh, in the Republican Party. And so uh, that that's where I believe the differences lie. And in your ad, as now, you are talking about your uh, your pro life uh, philosophy and your opposition to the so called trust law. And for people who don't know what that is, it, it essentially it limits state authorities' cooperation with federal immigration efforts. But now those are laws. So how do your feelings affect? how you would do your job, because your job would be to defend those laws. If, if, if Erica Harrell says she would defend the trust law, so would you, right? As, as attorney general, the attorney general's office certainly has to defend the law, okay? The attorney general also is supposed to advocate, uh, as I think you know, Craig, uh, the attorney general really, the, law, the office is about, the word I, I use is all, A-L-L, and A is to advocate uh, L is to uh, is to suggest remedial legislation, and and the other L is litigation. Uh, as part of my job as attorney general uh, in advocating and uh, and and recommending litigation uh, legislation, I would advocate for a change in those laws. However, to answer your question, sure, the attorney general has to defend those laws. But like in a lot of firms. I would find someone in the office to do that because uh, I couldn't zealously defend those laws. And so someone else in the office would do so. And that's and, and that's a position I've taken consistently. Um, how do you feel about the uh, efforts in the General Assembly to legalize recreational marijuana? I, at this point, I think you have to oppose it. Uh, there isn't enough information on it yet. Uh, both on the medical side or on the revenue side. But more importantly, Craig, this state is broke and broken, and we have so many other issues. I think you know I'm running on a platform of attacking political corruption. 
And while a lot of people say that, I go right after what I think is the real big issue, and that is the property tax assessment issues in Cook County uh, and uh, in, in the city of Chicago, uh, to take on an entire new bureaucracy for legalization to devote substantial uh, state resources to, to try to tackle that. Uh, we just can't afford that in a broken state with, with the political corruption and some of the other issues. And so I think it's more important to address, for example, when you talk about um, marijuana, it's more important to address the opioid and heroin issues in this state. Another issue that I'm running on as a candidate for attorney general that I would devote and re- repurpose um, the resources of the attorney general's office to the fight on the on the opioid, the litigation that's out there that that frankly, I think I think the attorney general should be part of. Uh, she has not joined it, uh, but state's attorneys such as uh, in DuPage and Kane and Lake, I believe in Winnebago, maybe Sangamon too, they've all uh, joined in the litigation. So, what would I, I think lit- we, what would that uh, lit- uh, what would those suits do? Uh, they're they're looking to uh, to uh, well, like most litigation, it's looking to get uh, remedies, and and a large part of that remedy would be money to address uh, the, the problems that we have. They would go after the pharmaceutical companies on, on uh, mismarketing uh, it uh, and misleading the doctors and certainly misleading the public as to the addictive nature of these drugs. In fact, they started uh, to market these drugs saying they weren't addictive, and now we know they highly are. And what's important there, I also have 12 years on the DuPage County Board of Health. And while I was there, the tobacco settlement came down. And while we advocated strongly, and I lost both my parents early, uh, uh, too early in my, for me and my grandkids uh, uh, and, and my children, uh, I lost them because of smoking. And, uh, and, and all that money went uh, to the general coffers and didn't address uh, the problems that we have in the state. Uh, I will make sure as attorney general that when we do get the money and we do win these opioid uh, and heroin uh, cases, that money will go for treatment. It will go for education. It will go for job creation to try to rebuild the lives that have been destroyed and damaged by, by these drugs. And so uh, I'm committed to that. Uh, and, and that, I think, is really where we need to fight, not, not legalizing recreational marijuana. And I think, I think um, my opponent is uh, taking a different view on that. Let's talk about uh, some of your other priorities since we're on the issues right now. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> You said you would target public corruption and uh, the property tax assessment system is one of those areas. First off, how would you assess what the attorney general's office has done in the realm of public corruption up to now? I think it's fair to say she's done basically nothing. Uh, She ran 16 years ago and barely defeated Joe Burkett, who was running... uh, uh, on a public corruption, uh, a fight of public corruption. Uh, Lisa Madigan said the same thing back in uh, 02 when she was uh, campaigning, uh, but she's really never done it. Um, and, you know, she's in a conflict of interest, in my opinion. Um, she will not attack the very system that her father is, is part of, and uh, I will do that. Well, let's talk about how you could do that. The the Cook County Assessor's Office is the Cook County Assessor's Office. You've called for a federal investigation. Do you you believe there is a crime uh, being committed 
in this tax assessment system? Not, not necessarily a crime. Corruption doesn't mean criminal. It's unethical. It's wrong. It's, there's conflicts of interest. Uh, and certainly, um, certainly it is an incestuous uh, situation where, where you have legislators uh, uh, in the legal business of property uh, tax uh, assessment issues and reduction of those. Uh, you, the assessor is part of that same system. Uh, uh, and uh, certainly, I don't think you we haven't seen the uh, attorney general get involved in it. And I don't want to wait until next January when, when I'm the attorney general to do it. I think it's been going on for three decades at least. It needs to be attacked. We all know it's uh, there. And so I called for an investigation. And that's what you do when you're a litigator. You investigate. Uh, and I've been a litigator for 39 years. And that's what you would do. And so I called for that investigation. And then you let the chips fall where they may. Um, how satisfied are you with the process that's going on right now where an outside uh, agency has looked into the assessment system or part of it, it's looked into the residential assessments, hasn't touched the uh, the commercial ones yet, and that's an issue. Um, but they say they're going through the whole thing and we're going to make reforms. You don't think that's enough? I don't think that's enough now. I think that, and, and, you know, you do, you get into public service uh, uh, and, and because you want to do the right thing from the beginning, not now. Now they've been caught. Uh, then they tried to delay it. I mean, we all know what was going on here. They were trying to delay that report until after the primary, until uh, thank, thankfully the media uh kept uh, their foot on the gas. There was a great series of articles that came out of the Tribune. Uh, other, obviously, other media outlets uh, did the same thing. And that's what part of the attorney general should have been doing. Remember I said uh, advocate, uh, legislate, and litigate. Well, part of the uh, bully pulpit of the attorney general is to advocate, is to shine the light on things uh, the attorney general represents the people of Illinois, and that's what her job would have, should have been uh, doing, and that's what I would have been doing. So uh, am I satisfied? I want to answer your question. Am I satisfied? I'm, I'm only satisfied that uh, there's a light now being shown on the problem, that it was bright enough to uh, have the report come out uh, earlier than it was intended to come out, and as you point out, Craig, it only is addressing the residential side, which we know has been un, unfair to uh, especially the minority uh, communities, especially on the south side of uh, Cook County in Chicago. But it is the commercial and the industrial uh, properties that we need to really look at because that's where the money is being made. That's where the deals are being cut, I believe. And I believe that's what the investigations will show. And that's where the conflicts of interest come in. You're listening to WBBM News Radio's At Issue. I'm political editor Craig Delamore. My guest is DuPage County Board Member Gary Grasso, who is a Republican candidate for Illinois Attorney General. Um, how should the Attorney General help reduce gun and gang violence in the Chicago area and across the state? Well, first of all, the Attorney General should, uh, again, be advocating uh, or changes there. One of the things that I would focus on, and as we all know, um, mental health is a real issue here when it when it comes to uh, gun violence. Um, and so uh, we have some pretty good laws in place already in the state. And I, as Attorney General, would advocate that they be followed. Craig, we have uh, the uh, 
firearm owner identification mental health reporting system already in place in Illinois. And I would make sure the attorney general sees that that law is followed. And what do I mean by that? Well, that allows uh, people who were declared uh, with mental health issues, admitted for mental health issues, or where a clinician, uh, a nurse, a doctor, a social worker, has, has determined that a person is a clear and present danger to himself or someone else, that a report be made to the Department of Human Services, that a due process investigation take place, and then the state um, police department uh, be, uh, be informed if, if someone has a gun, and then action is taken to remove the gun. I would also expand that to the domestic violence issues uh, that, that, that come out of, uh, of court systems where a judge has entered, for example, uh, a restraining order or an order of protection, uh, and also include that uh, as a, uh, at least a temporary suspension of anybody's uh, FOIA card or, or uh, concealed carry. Now, I am a strong advocate of the Second Amendment. And I believe we have the appropriate laws in Illinois, and I will defend the Second Amendment and the concealed carry and the, and the rights uh, of gun owners. Uh, but we need to focus on the mental health issues and keep, uh, keep uh, guns out of the hands of people with mental illness, leading to the stories, unfortunately, we see on a regular basis. If this reporting law exists, why isn't it being enforced? Or do you believe no, it's not being enforced? I'm not saying it's not being enforced. I'm not saying it's not being enforced, but I, uh, but I believe, and, and of course we haven't had any of these issues in Illinois, but I want to be sure that it is enforced. And I believe that, uh, that uh, we would uh, make that a priority. Uh, I would retool the Attorney General's office uh, uh, substantially to this. Uh, we're not going to get any more resources. Uh, we have what we have. Uh, if you know my background, I'm also a big advocate for consolidation. And I've been successful at it. Uh, wherever I've been as mayor, I'm also on the DuPage County. Uh, I'm the chairman of the 911 board, which is the largest 911 board, and we've consolidated down uh, from 22 call centers down to three and, and increased uh, the technology in uh, DuPage County and saved the taxpayers $78 million a year. That philosophy I will take to the attorney general's office, and I'll use, uh, repurpose uh, what we have um, it's been a, a very effective consumer uh, fraud uh, division, but but I think we have much bigger problems now. And so I would focus it more on uh, gun violence. I would focus it more on political corruption uh, and rooting it out and, and the opioid issues that I've already uh, articulated. Um, let me get your uh, take on a passing issue or an issue that's hot right now. Do you believe uh, that teachers should be armed in schools? No, I, 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 I can't go there. I can't, I can't, I, I believe people, teachers are drawn to that profession to teach children. Um, I, I don't believe we can turn them into police officers. We have, we have great police officers. We have great law enforcement. Um, uh, I don't, I don't want to further burden a, a, a teacher. I understand that that's now being discussed. Uh, and and maybe it should be discussed, but from what I uh, but from what I see right now, uh, I I believe that that would be uh, probably a mistake. Um, let's also talk about something that you would definitely have to handle if you were in that office, and that's the area of police accountability. Uh, that has become a, a 
an increasing issue in recent years. Uh, what do you think of the consent decree process that's already underway? I mean, the, it's being crafted between the attorney general and the Emanuel administration dealing with the Chicago Police Department. Uh, we haven't seen the result of it. I know the um, uh, Attorney General Sessions has kind of walked away from it. Uh, I believe that uh, the issue does affect, it, it's an Illinois issue, it's a Chicago issue. Uh, therefore, by definition, it affects uh, the people of the state of Illinois. I certainly uh, believe the Attorney General should take an active role, therefore, in crafting uh, a proper one. What is a proper one? I don't know. I need to see all the facts right now. Uh, but we, we certainly can't uh, uh, handcuff our, our, our great law enforcement people. Um, they're on the front lines. We ask them to be on the front lines. Uh, but, of course, when, there's, um, when some lines have been crossed, that has to be monitored also. So it's a very delicate balance. Uh, and so I think it takes deep uh, consideration as to... Uh, What's the proper thing to do for the people of Illinois under those circumstances? Okay. I want to uh, widen our discussion to dealing with the, the race itself. The state Republican Party is backing your opponent. That sounds like it puts you at a disadvantage, but you seem to wear it almost as a badge of honor. Yeah, I noticed you started off the telecast by saying an uphill battle, and I, I kind of smiled. I really don't think it is an uphill battle, uh, Craig, and here's why. I think people are really looking for someone with uh, qualifications. Uh, and and uh, look, my opponent is, uh, I'm sure, a good person. Uh, she should be applauded for the things that she's done. But, you know, she doesn't have a deep litigation background. And we talked about the fact that the chief, law, the chief uh, legal officer of the state of Illinois, the attorney general, has to be a first-rate litigator. I have been litigating. I've been in courtrooms. I've been handling hundreds of cases over my career, uh, doing exactly what I'm going to have to do as attorney general. My opponent has not even tried one case as far as I can tell. Her body of work is I believe I've only been able to find, my staff's only been able to find about 15 total cases she's ever even filed an appearance in over 10 years. And I believe she uh, took off at least two years uh, from that 10-year career to, um, to run for Congress. Um, and then she listed herself as a former attorney. Um, she was at a firm in Chicago for a year, and then she went to another firm for a couple of more years, took the hiatus, and now is downstate at another firm. She's been traveling. She's been lecturing, but she really hasn't been litigating. And so I'm, I believe I'm the more qualified. And to answer your question, I think the party knows it. Okay, people know it. I've been told by a lot of people who um, were with the party that they're going to support me when when they compare. Uh, the two candidates, based on experience and credentials, uh, I think I'm the clear choice. Explain to me why one needs to be a, a, a top-rate litigator. Are, are you envisioning going into court yourself? Uh, I um, mean, don't, you have, don't you have a whole team of lawyers for yeah, that? Yeah, right. It's an right. Some would argue so, this is an administrative job. Well, it is not. An, it, it is in part, but, but you are a lawyer. Okay, you are the chief legal officer, and you need you have uh, about 350 attorneys, 11 division chiefs, 
All of these people are involved deeply in litigation, and when they come to you for guidance, just like in your profession, Craig, it's the people who have got the experience, and therefore they have the judgment. You don't, you aren't just born with judgment. You get it from experience. And so as the leader, I would have to determine the course and, and direction of the Attorney General's office with, with many, many seasoned litigators, and they would have to respect my opinion because they know I've done it. And I've also, as a mayor, as a chairman of the 911 board, uh, and now at the, uh, on the county board, I've administered large budgets, and I've administered offices, uh, and, and so I, I have the credentials on both sides of the equation, deep litigation and, and, uh, and management and administration. And to answer your question about going into court, sure, there might be a situation where the face, the chief legal officer would go into court, and I would do that. My, our state's attorney in DuPage County, Bob Berlin, just went in and tried a triple homicide case because he thought it was that important. I, I, I admire that, and I'd be willing to do the same thing. And the point is, I could do the same thing. In the political realm, how well have you been able to raise money uh, and get your message out against uh, the headwinds of the state GOP uh, and the regular party officials working against you? Well, you know how it works. So in the beginning, I was putting in my own money. I'm still putting in my own money. That's how dedicated I am. I had a long talk with my wife, Janet. She and I have been married for 40 years, and, uh, you know, she <laughs> she's waiting. Uh, she, she, she is, uh, 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 you know, uh, just, just as a, an aside here, Craig, uh, I, am, uh, I am a very, very fortunate man. Um, we've got six wonderful kids, um, but to get uh, get back to that, um, uh, I put my money uh, where my mouth is, so to speak. Uh, I've been doing that, and now since I'm getting momentum, since uh, I, we've been picking up endorsements, uh, we've been getting some uh, great media coverage. I was I did the forum yesterday. My opponent did not do the forum. I was there against eight Democrats. It really wasn't a fair fight. Uh, they they didn't stand a chance against me. Uh, so, uh, 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 now we're starting to see more and more donations. Uh, we just had another fundraiser the other night. Somebody called, uh, the other day they want to throw one. There's two more scheduled. So with the momentum, we're picking up the money. Um, we've only got a couple of minutes, uh, left, but I want to do, uh, tackle one more issue, uh, that I should have picked up before. <laughs> and that is how can the AG's office and the legislature better address sexual harassment? Oh, that's a very good question. Um, by number one, again, shining the light on it. And, and, and just as I started off the program saying at no time and no place is that any type of behavior acceptable. I was in Springfield two days ago. I've been getting around the state a lot. And I called uh, at a press conference uh, for uh, Speaker Madigan to uh, step down as party chair uh, and as speaker. Uh, and what's more importantly, the attorney general should be investigating sexual harassment. She isn't because she'd have to investigate her father. That's where the conflict of interest has been for 16 years. I would have actively done this. She's letting her father pick her own, his own uh, independent uh, committee, so to speak, which, of course, we know is not independent. We should have an independent investigation. We should pursue this. There should be due process involved. But where there is merit to a sexual harassment claim, there should be hard, hard consequences. And uh, we should point out that the uh, speaker has said he would cooperate with the state lawmakers' calls for an independent investigation. So uh, that is at least one 
development we have had in the, in this week. Yeah, uh, probably because more and more pressure is being placed on them. Uh, do you think that the legislature will be a, ever able to investigate itself or at least to create a system where real investigations are done? Uh, I, I have a jaundiced eye to that, and I think that is certainly the realm of the attorney general to make sure that if it's at least uh, attempted, that it's actually done, and if it isn't, that the attorney general, me, would step in and make sure it's done. Sexual harassment uh, in any uh, culture is, is unacceptable, unacceptable. That is Gary Grasso. He's a candidate for... Uh, Attorney General on the Republican side in that primary, remember, is March 20th. To our listeners, if you would like a copy of this program or just to hear it again, please visit our website. That is WBBMNewsRadio.com. Just follow the audio links. You can also find our podcast on Radio.com. I will be back next week with another edition of At Issue. In fact, I think it's also going to be on the Attorney General's race. Uh, and I hope you will be listening. Until then, I am Craig Delamore, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.